Hello, friends. I'm Luke, and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org. From Holy Family HTX, an Episcopal church for people without a church, this is the Holy Family Podcast, a collection of ideas about leading a Jesus-centered life. We clearly explore the church's understandings while bringing our own questions, curiosities, and doubts, and we never demand fake agreement. Theological exploration is just better that way. So, let's take a moment of silence as we get ready to contemplate today's ideas. Is your anger a good thing? That's God's question. Now, God asks it of Jonah, and Jonah hates the people of Nineveh. I wonder if you know what it is to hate a people. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh, but God loves the people of Nineveh. And this makes Jonah angry. Jonah was angry because he was actually crystal clear about two things. Here's the first. This God, this living God, will not be controlled by us. This God is going to do what God wants in God's own freedom. And number two, he knew that ultimately, when push came to shove, this God was loving and generous and forgiving and full of second chances. Jonah was angry because he knew this God and he knew that this God couldn't waste the opportunity to show pity and mercy on somebody. We want God to be the kind of God who hates our enemies. Now, don't lie. We're in church, so we ought to just tell the truth here. And today's text just kind of force us to say, too bad. God loves them and expects you to increase your humanity so that you love them too. We have a God who is free to be generous. Now, God being generous sounds pretty good when you are in need of some generosity. (laughs) 
God being an inclusive, forgiving God sounds pretty good when you feel like you're on the outside and you've got some things that you need forgiven. But don't lie to me. When God starts freely being generous to degenerate evil people that you don't like, suddenly we think this God is no longer being fair. We think we ought to get to be ruthlessly fair in this life. And we never feel this more than when somebody has wronged us. Jason Miller in his book that I've been reading, When the World Breaks Open, he says, you know, not all acts of disruption are actually rooted in peace. Some of our acts of disruption and confrontation are just contemptuous fits of rage. Some of us are just addicted to controversy. And we don't know how to feel useful if we're not flipping a table over. And so we parade our personal issues as noble postures. But deep down, our work isn't actually rooted in peace, especially when our disruptive acts continue to say, now there's some righteous people and there's some unrighteous people, and I'm always on the righteous side. God asks Jonah and has been asking me all week, Now God gets to ask you, is your anger a good thing? I'm considering two kinds of anger this week. Here's the first. Are you angry that others do not believe right or behave right? God, if only these people would just vote like me. (laughs) Recycle. Eat less meat. Get rid of their plastic. Use Zuckerberg's platforms to tell others that I would never use Bezos' platforms. Use Zuckerberg's other platform to tell you that I'm always on the right side of history and every once in a while I'm just going to put that out there so that you don't forget and it's on the public record. Always being quick to point out anybody's vocabulary that might just not be up to speed for you. I want to warn you against the dangers of this kind of puritanical impulse because that's what it is. I remember this interview that Ezra Klein gave with Matthew Desmond. And Matthew Desmond spoke with real crystal clarity about this. He said, especially amongst people who consider themselves progressive, there's a real spiritual poverty. People who think that they are liberal are usually pretty fluent in the language of critique but they really don't know how to speak the language of repair or celebration as well. And when I read that, I thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I think we're more comfortable with a chic nihilism or a criticality rather than paying attention to what's actually working in the world and going after it. There's a way to say, sometimes you can get angry because you see everything that is so wrong in the world. And that's a good thing until the fundamentalist spirit comes in with it. A fundamentalist spirit is sneaky because it can get smuggled in without you noticing. And suddenly, you are now the one bringing new versions of purity tests, and all you have are cruel hot takes that makes your heart bitter and an enemy out of anyone who doesn't have the same crystal vision that you have. This happens a lot, frankly, to well-meaning Christians who leave more fundamentalist expressions of Christianity, but don't actually do the work of deconverting their mind 
and they bring that same rigid moralism with them. Being angry that people do not behave right or believe right is a totally understandable practice, and I'm first in line. And yet, it also rots our brains and more importantly, does damage to our souls. And we ought to be really careful about the damage it does to our souls if all we do is notice how everybody else is not quite living as pious and holy as me. Well, here's the second kind of anger. Are you angry that God has already forgiven your enemy and welcomed them in like God did to you? If so, you and I have a friend in Jonah. Jonah hated these people and was beyond irritated that God was not going to join him in his distaste for these people. But don't confuse your solidarity with Jonah as a necessarily positive thing. Too often we read the Bible looking for other humans to be our heroes. And I get it. It's kind of nice to find somebody in the Bible and say, oh, cool, they've got the same struggles as me. The reality is, I wouldn't tell you that it's okay to like, you know, just, I would love to sit here and tell you that it's cool to like still hate your enemies, but that's not what these texts say. That's me poking behind these texts and saying, hey, I wouldn't tell you this, but it does seem like God is. And that's the struggle. I want to keep hating my enemies. And God says, nope, sorry, you don't get to do that. Jesus is notorious for this kind of practice. I mean, never forget why he got the heat that he did. And never forget, he didn't die of old age. He was assassinated by his enemies. And this one who comes back after the resurrection and doesn't take revenge, spent a whole lot of time before his assassination talking about forgiving enemies. So we can listen to him because he lives it. He is notorious for welcoming sinners like me and eating with them. What do you think we do at this altar every week? Once again, Jesus Christ dines with sinners, only sinners. Jesus hangs out with people who have been questioned, canceled because of their questionable integrity and morals. And it seems like Jesus Christ is not all that worried about being seen with them and is not all that worried that his reputation is going to be tarnished because he's hanging out with these people. Sometimes people ask Jesus, why are you being seen with these people? Don't you know who they are? Now, come on, Lord, you are an upstanding leader and we're starting to get excited about you. Why do you run the risk of being associated with these crooked moral failures? Sometimes Jesus catches wind of them and says things like, well, I mean, healthy people don't really need a doctor, but sick people do. So I think I'm going to hang out with the sick people. Thank you very much. And by the way, you ain't also healthy yourself. I don't really need your sacrifice. I don't know. I have no need for that. What I do need is mercy. And I have a lot of that. And you need it too. I didn't come for self-righteous people. I came for sinners. And if the only sinners in the world you know are other people and not you, okay. In today's gospel, he says it this way. Yeah, I don't really care that they showed up at the 11th hour. I don't. That's fine by me. They're here. I'm good with that. Now, if it bothers you that they got treated just like you, and you've been here since the fourth hour, in love, that's just 
your problem, not mine. It's not your vineyard and it's not your call. My vineyard, my call, and I'll do what I want with it. And what I want to do is give everybody the same mercy, just like I'm giving you. Now, this is hard for people like Jonah. This is hard for people like me because we just think it's not fair. And that's the point. It's not fair. That's what makes it a God. God doesn't do fair. God does God. Which is, I'm going to give you the same mercy that I give everybody else. Jonah hated his enemies, and he wanted God to join him in his hate. And God wanted more for Jonah than that. I want you to be more human than that. I want to increase your capacity. Yes, Nineveh is going to have to repent, but so so are you, Jonah. I mean, God sent Jonah to preach to these people. And Jonah was not interested at first. He said, no, I don't think I want to do that. And he ran away. It almost reads like a comedy. He ran away. He got swallowed by a fish. He got vomited up. And he finally went and preached to these people. And then... uh, and this is when you know it's a made-up story. All the people repented. Um, <laughs> the, 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 pre- the preacher, you know, sermon like worked, and they uh, <laughs> and they repented. And Jonah hated it. Totally ticked him off. And so mad at God. He said, "I knew, I knew you would show mercy on these people. You were going to do it anyway, weren't you?" So Jonah goes off and he gets upset. And he sits out in the heat and he says, I'm just going to watch and see if maybe God just doesn't smoke these people after all. And so he gets a really bad sunburn. And so God raises a plant over Jonah's head and provides him some shade. And then God takes the plant away and Jonah just gets ticked again. And God says, look, man, (laughs) in love, it's about me, not you. I'm going to be who I am. I will show pity. I will show mercy. I will show love. And if that bothers you, that's your issue to work through. Yeah, those people repented. But guess who has to repent now, Jonah? You. You're so angry that I'm generous. Well, this same God who provided shade for Jonah comes to us in the flesh of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ says, in God's kingdom, the last will be first. No good, rotten, crooked, bigoted sinners, they get to come first. And the first, you with your fancy church robes and your good Sunday attendance, your biblical obedience and your impeccable virtue, you get to come too just last. And if that makes you angry, hear God's question one more time. Is your anger a good thing?
can find more resources to help you lead a Jesus-centered life at holyfamilyhtx.org. Again, it's holyfamilyhtx.org.